We're so glad to uh, have a chance to start a new semester. Hope you had a great break and enjoyed your time away and are ready for another great semester. It's going to be busy, a sprint right from start to finish, and I'm excited about what lies ahead for all of us. It's that time of year where it's the, we've just turned the calendar. It's a new year. We talk, talk a lot about new stuff right now, a new semester for some of you. This is a new school. We had a transfer uh, uh, student uh, dinner just a couple of nights ago and welcomed new students to LCU. A lot of new stuff happening. Some of you have made New Year's resolutions that you've already broken. <laughs> some of you are hoping for better grades. Some of you are hoping, like my high school son, to do just the right amount of effort to get the grade that you want and not a bit more, whatever that might be. Some of you are thinking more exercise, some thinking less. Some thinking, eat a little bit less. Some thinking, I'm going to eat more this year. Some are thinking, this is the year to begin to enter into Twitter. Some of you are thinking, Twitter is old school. I'm moving on to something else. I don't know, maybe Snapchat or something like that. <laughs> Many of you, I know, are thinking, this is the year. This is the year. Today may be the day when I begin following President Tim Parent on Facebook. It's about time. It's about time. Many of you got new stuff. Uh, hope Santa visited all of you and uh, that you had a, a festive time with family and friends. Personally, just to demonstrate the glories of the holiday season, today I'm wearing a new tie, courtesy of my sister-in-law, which I'm very thankful for, snazzy new socks from my mother-in-law that you can't see, a new watch from my lovely wife. Yes, yes, enjoy and a very tidy new belt. I'm like a new man. But you know, with every Christmas, there comes a gift, or perhaps a gift giver, that uh, is a head scratcher. And uh, for me, often, that is my mother-in-law, who I love dearly, in case she watches this later, and who I think is one of the greatest people in the world. But her gift giving is interesting. This year, she gave me a camouflage sweater, and for some of you, that might be like, wow, a camouflage sweater. For me, it's like, what? Here you go. I thought paired with my very nice camo, camo headband that uh, I could pull it off, but I was wrong. So I don't know what I'm going to do with the camouflage sweater. I found it this morning in my son's closet, which seems like a good place for it. Perhaps I could wear it while watching Duck Dynasty. That's about the only activity I could think of it might be appropriate for. Let's please take that picture off. God is a God of new beginnings. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Every morning, he brings new mercies. And in Revelation 21, we read that God continues to be a God of new beginnings, of restoration. John, in his vision, described in Revelation, says this, starting in verse 1 of chapter 21. He says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will be 
his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. As we mark the beginning of a new year and a new semester, I hope we'll be reminded today again that God is constantly at work right now. God is constantly at work making all things new. I think it's easy to miss. All you have to do is read the headlines. All you have to do is watch the news to be distracted by what's happening around us, to see the wars that are ongoing, to see the conflict, to see the values that don't align with those that we know are those of our Savior. And yet, the work of restoration and redemption is going on now all around us, even as it appears that everything is falling apart, that things are getting worse and not better. John reminds us of a different reality. Our task is to have eyes to see what God is doing. And I think that's a huge part of what LCU is about. I hope that's been your experience and is your experience here at Love of Christian University, that we're getting our eyesight improved. Our perspective is being changed so that we have the very eyes of God, that we seek to see the world as he sees it. We're being trained to recognize the hidden reality that transcends the temporal and material world. We're seeking to bring clarity and to focus into our lives, to be able to see and to join in God's redemptive work. I remember when I was a first-year law student at Texas Tech University so many, many years ago, and I began to have vision problems, and it was because I was reading so much. I just, law school, don't let me scare you away. It's a wonderful experience, but lots of dense, intense reading in my eyes over the course of that first semester deteriorated to the point I needed glasses. I can remember going and getting fitted for my first pair of glasses and picking them up, and how the world looked so much fresher. It was brighter. I could see the blackboard again. That was in days when we had blackboards. <laughs> Everything became clear. And then many years later, just a few years ago, I started not being able to see close-up stuff. I couldn't read the newspaper. And I had to go back to the eye doctor and I had to get bifocals. But I was so vain that I got the progressive kind where nobody knows I have bifocals so that I can maintain <laughs> some slim bit of dignity still in this world. Vision is so important. And in John's gospel, in John chapter 9, John, the same one who received the revelation, who we just read from Revelation 21, John tells a familiar story about Jesus healing a blind man. And what's interesting about it is not that Jesus healed a blind man. He had a lot of blind people in his ministry. What's interesting is the attention that John gives to the account. He spends an entire chapter talking about the story and telling the reactions of all the various people to Jesus' healing of this blind man. And it's a great story, a great example of God's restoration work in the world and how important our perspective, our vision, our ability to see what's happening is to understand what God is doing all around us. When Jesus sees the blind man, his disciples, before he even does anything, they ask him, Father, who sinned? Jesus, who sinned? Was it this man? By the way, he'd been blind from birth. Was it this man or was it his parents? who sinned to cause him to be blindness, a reflection of bad theology, that he could only be ill, he could only have this, this impairment because of the sins or failings of him or his parents. And then the neighbors, once Jesus has healed the man, the neighbors who have known this man from life, they try to talk themselves out of the fact that it's really the blind man. 
because they can't believe that it's possible that someone could heal blindness from birth. They have a naturalistic view of the world. They can't imagine that supernatural events are possible with a sovereign God. And then the Pharisees come into the story. And they want to try to figure out whether the law was broken because the healing happened on Sabbath. And so in their legalism, they examine it as lawyers might, uh, trying to find out who did this and did they break the law in doing so. Their perspective is limited and they are threatened in their position. Even the man's parents are called in to account for this healing. Is this the son who has been blind from birth? And the parents are afraid to answer out of fear. Uh, they say, yeah, it's our son. We're not saying anything about the healing thing because they're afraid about what might happen if they did so. In every case, the disciples, the neighbors, the Pharisees, even the parents, we see them distorted in their vision, blinded by their own circumstances, unable to see what God was doing in the world. Of course, the great irony of the story is it's the blind man who's healed. He's the only one who can see. He's the only one. He not only gets physical healing, but the story ends with him receiving spiritual healing as he tells Jesus, Lord, I believe. And he proceeds to worship his Lord and Savior. I love that story because of how it powerfully reminds us of God's ongoing restoration work in the world, the way he is making all things new. And we see glimpses of it, echoes of it today in our experience. Last semester, we got to share the remarkable testimony of uh, your fellow student, Victoria Zamora, uh, who we know, yes. <laughs> facing brain surgery and the odds were against her. Doctors were telling her that there was only a one in three chance that she could survive. And that surgery, which happened right at the end of finals, was successful. And uh, I heard that even Victoria might be here with her today, and I don't want to embarrass her, but I just want to say, what a powerful story. Many of you have walked along with her. Many of you have been on this journey. We have been praying. We've seen the power of prayer. We've seen the power of community. We've seen the reality of God at work among us. Victoria's doctors and nurses were amazed and saw the power of God working in her life through these very, very difficult circumstances. And now... The process of recovery uh, continues. We give thanks and praise when we see the power and faithfulness of God demonstrated before us, his restoration work in our midst. So it's wonderful to celebrate the new year, the new semester, our new stuff even, new beginnings of all kinds. But let's be reminded as we begin this term together that things are not as they seem. There is more on the horizon than meets our unaided eyes and ears and hands and minds and emotions. And so we fix our eyes on Jesus and his reality, and we declare, Lord, I believe, and we worship him with our lives. Let's have a great semester. You're dismissed. <laughs>